On this episode of the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast. When we look at a script, we, we want to make sure that it's rock solid. You know, that, that this is going to be something that's going to connect with the Christian audiences or be seeker friendly. We're the gatekeepers for that. And so that's one of the things we do at WTA. We have a responsibility that that content and that message is clear. This is episode 16. We're on a mission from God. Looking back at the previous 15 episodes, I'm amazed at the caliber of guests who have so generously given to me of their time and even suffered through some technical difficulties, yet all have been very gracious and made significant contributions to this podcasting effort. The experience has been far better than I could have anticipated, and I hope you're finding these podcasts to be as valuable as I do. My guest in this episode is Brian Mitchell, the Chief Operating Officer of the WTA Group, formerly known as Working Title Agency. Brian brings many years of experience developing and working to bring Christian films into the market for a gospel purpose. And he has a lot of valuable wisdom and insight to offer. WTA Group is in the process of expanding its resources and reach, and Brian will share the exciting things that God is doing within their company. Could you tell us a little bit about WTA Group and what you, you guys do down there? Absolutely. All right. WTA Group started as Working Title Agency. Oh. Uh, so the reason why we have that name is because we actually do that. We like to work from the working title stage of the film or the book project. We actually work with book publishers and our agents for authors and writers, but also with filmmakers. And, uh, you know, we love to see the whole process from the creation, from all the, uh, you know, working with the talent on the themes and the stories, all the way to fruition of a theatrical release, and then downstream, everything else that happens. Home entertainment, you know, it's the Netflix uh, streaming to uh, pay TV to all the other avenues of uh, consumers getting a chance to watch these films. So uh, that is what we do. We've been doing it for a little over 10 years, and we have grown immensely, especially over the last five or six years, uh, as we've built our team and we've started to have much better relationships with studio partners on the film side uh, to bring some great movies to the screen with a message of Christ for uh, audiences that, that really connect uh, on a faith level, you know? And that might be in a small way where it is a story that has a faith element to it, or it's really something much more pointed and directly for the church with a message about whether it's prayer or identity in Christ. Uh, And that's the kind of thing we do with the Kendrick brothers. So we're working uh, with them closely in the movie that's coming up, Overcomer, that's in theaters on August 23rd. So what is your relationship to uh, other studios like Sony Affirm? Do you partner with them? Yeah, Yeah, we sure do, Um, in different ways. So Sony Affirm would be one... A uh, great partner we work with. We also work with Universal Studios. Uh, 
we've done a few things or developing things with Lionsgate. Uh, we have distributor partners like Roadside Attractions that uh, has a stake from Lionsgate. Uh, and, and what we typically do in those relationships are bringing content to them and then also sharing where it's possible in the funding of the film. So that could be in the production of the film, but it also could be in the P&A, right. which is an old term for prints and advertising. Right. Uh, that's, that's the marketing of the film. So there's so many different ways that that can happen. Uh, and we work with a variety of studios in different ways and different projects. So how do you get your projects? Do they, they come to you from filmmakers or from publishers or other studios, or is it a mix? Um, probably not other studios, but, but probably more often it's because we've got relationships with writers. We've got uh, screenplays uh, that we can bring to the table, and uh, we've got a number of those, for example, right now with Universal that we're talking through where we could partner in the production and the P&A in it. Uh, so those could be filmmakers, but also screenplay writers. And one of the things that we do is with all of our relationships, we put all those pieces together. All the, you know, putting a production team together, putting the, uh, the directors, the executive producers that can get behind it, um, assisting with the production uh, and a part of that is the marketing during the production time. You know, so we get in there early on and set visits and uh, early promotion and awareness of the film. Uh, so there's just there's so many different avenues of what we do. Uh, but quite often it's, you know, we're, one of the things that we say is we help creatives uh, bring their vision to the marketplace. Yeah. Um, and that can happen in so many different ways. But our goal is to get that message out. And uh, everything that we do, there is a component that is a message that leads people to a relationship with Christ. But that could be in a variety of different ways right. that comes across in a film. So what are some of the other films that you've worked on? So we have worked over the years, I mentioned the Kendrick Brothers, so yeah. probably the earliest project that we've worked on together was uh, Fireproof, and actually WTA started out really getting its uh, feet wet on the book publishing side. So there was a book related to the film, Fireproof, called The Love There, yeah. and we brought that to Lifeway and Broadman and Holman, and that book has sold in excess of seven million copies. Oh my gosh! So that is really where we work with the filmmakers, in this case, the Kendrick brothers, and help them on the publishing side. But it ultimately led to uh, having a much bigger relationship with them on both the filmmaking and the film marketing side. So even today, as I mentioned, we're working with them, and we've got a component of the Overcomer movie release marketing, but we also represent them in all of their book publishing. Uh, so we've got partners in both Tyndale as well as Broadman and Holman and Lifeway on the curriculum 
so it's a pretty massive undertaking just on the publishing side. So the Kendricks would be, you know, one of our most important clients and long-term clients, but, you know, we have also worked with the Irwin brothers on nearly all of their films, uh, including Woodlawn and Mom's Night Out, and last year's I Can Only Imagine. Yeah, uh, right. And helped lead some of the marketing components around that campaign. We've also worked with Devon Franklin, you know, on his films with both Sony and Fox, Heaven is for Real, right. Miracles from Heaven, and then just a few months back here, uh, Breakthrough from right. Devon Franklin. Right. And those are just a few, but we have many, many relationships, both on the filmmaker and studio side. So do you see that the, the changes in streaming and distribution are a, a, as a positive thing, or is it uh, a struggle? So I assume you're talking about the home entertainment side of what happens after the theatrical release. Okay, so you guys, you drill down to the theatrical release projects first. Well, absolutely. And then the, the next window after theatrical release typically is still the physical uh, DVD, Blu-ray, and SVOD uh, platforms. And sometimes that's pay TV right. instead of streaming. It just depends on... Uh, where the best opportunity is. Oh, I see. So so the theatrical market is still a viable market for you? Absolutely. Okay. Right. Great, lots of opportunity ahead. Um, I think what we're all experiencing is there's been an explosion in the growth of faith-based audience films. By the way, we, we market films to audiences that are Christians. We... we kind of like to stay away from the term Christian film. It's, it, the film's not Christian. Right. <laughs> the, right. It's the audience who we feel is right for the content, and in many cases, uh, it's a chance for them to bring others that are seeking to the theater. Right. And there's been, as you've probably seen, a pretty major uptick uh, in the content that's available theatrically. But that can be very small event cinema to larger theatrical runs. And I think there's still a lot of opportunity there. It's not an untapped audience, but it's certainly not capped out because of the fact that there's a huge percentage of the population that is professing Christian, and not every film is suited for them, just like it would in the general marketplace. So there's still a lot of opportunity there. I think there's a little bit of fatigue on the marketing front of getting the gatekeepers involved in awareness and promotion of those films. So that, that's probably where some of the challenge lies with us right now. So what's going on distribution-wise? Is, is it a positive thing now? No, I think studios are still looking for theatrical release opportunities to reach the faith audience. Some have done much more. As you already know, Sony, with Affirm Films, has embraced it the longest, and they've really learned uh, what works, what doesn't work. Now you're seeing Lionsgate uh, that's come to the table with the Irwin Brothers in Kingdom Studios that they just launched. Right. And their first film, as I still believe, that's coming out next March through Lionsgate. And they're going to have a slate of additional films over the next several years. Right. Um, Universal, we work with uh, them on a number of fronts. We just released last year. Uh, the follow-up to the movie Unbroken, 
Right. It was Unbroken Path to Redemption. While it wasn't a huge theatrical release, the home entertainment piece, the, the downstream, which is what you're asking about, Netflix, pay TV, foreign rights that are being exploited by Universal Studios, is where all the difference is made. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so much more opportunity to reach more people, but also uh, to recover and get into profitability for the film itself. So I think you're going to see more come from the Universal uh, camp as well. So you see a big upswing in the amount of faith-based films that are coming out now. Well, it actually does have a bit of ebb and flow. So we've gone through some periods where we've had a number of films on top of uh, each other. And really, uh, some of the key times are about right now. We're, we're talking in August and going into September, uh, when that's been a great window for faith films before it gets too flooded into the fall season by all the, the major uh, theatrical releases. Right. And the other window is really leading into Easter. So that March and April window has been very, very strong for faith-based films. So you tend to see them stacked up on top of each other during those windows. But I think we're this fall we're in a little bit of a lull there, and the Kendrick's film, Overcomer, has got a pretty wide-open path with not a whole lot of competition for other films in the market. Yeah, I know. They've been marketing that thing for almost a year now, it seems like. They've really done a great job of that. They know their audience. Uh, they know the church and what their need is, uh, or I should say needs, because their films have all been uh, based on a felt need that really touches the church. And that could be fatherhood, marriage, prayer, and now identity in Christ. And they know how to meet that church-going, movie-going audience, uh, their needs very, very well. Yeah, it's been exciting to see them rise and grow and do what they're doing. Yeah, we love working with those guys. So filmmakers will come to you and pitch you ideas or script screenwriters send you scripts directly, or do they Let's go through agents? Yeah, that, that can happen. We don't really look for solicited scripts. I would say a large majority of that comes from our relationships that we already have in place. Mm. With existing filmmakers, with existing writers who we've had past experiences with or relationships common you know relationships that they bring uh to the table so it's it's more often that i think you asked earlier um occasionally there's an opportunity where there could be a best-selling book and you can work with the publisher on their rights to bring that book to the big screen and, and really that's the kind of the case of what happened with Unbroken, which was Laura Hillebrand's book, made the first film. But in her book, she had such an incredible you know, five or six chapters about Louis Zamperini's life after the war and his time with Billy Graham, his conversion experience, that we were able to bring that to the screen uh, and it was never seen before. So it was a part of the story that, unless you read the book, you never got to experience in the movie theater. So we do more and more of those kind of things. And I think a great opportunity ahead as we're in discussion, I don't know if you know Francine Rivers' book, Redeeming Love. So uh, there's some opportunity there that we're in early discussions on 
with some partners to bring that incredible story and bestseller to the screen in the next uh, year or two. What kind of things would you like to see that maybe you're not seeing in terms of content? Content. Well, that's a great question. So, and, and here's why. One of the things that we would like to see more of is to be able to tell stories, whether they're based on you know true stories, real life, or stories that we can develop and bring to the screen is stories that are relatable at a high quality level, but don't necessarily have to be so pointed on the Christian message. And when I say that, I mean the ability to reach an even wider audience and possibly even open up the door for them to visit the Bible, to get a deeper relationship with Christ by telling relatable stories that are not as pointed on the message, but lead them to Christ is what we would like to do. Okay. And when I, the, the comparison, I would say, is the Kendricks are a great example where they reached the church. They reached the church audience, the church-going uh, audience that, that loves the message and content, and they love being reminded, for example, yeah, you know what, my prayer life is not great. This film was incredible for me to remember how important that is and the increase uh, prayer as a part of my daily life. So that's a very pointed message. There are other ways of telling stories that can show how your faith is an incredible part of your life story uh, told in a film that can open up or solve some of the curiosity uh, of what can improve their life and a stronger relationship with Christ. And I think that that's where we can bring more people to theater, the people that are Christians can bring their friends, feel comfortable about not only the story but the quality of the film that we strive to, to do even more of uh, is to increase that, that quality of film, both the acting and the actual production. Uh, and it's something to not be ashamed of. Right. And we, we strive for that. That's a big part of what we want to do as we move forward. Oh, that's great. Um, I, I interviewed um, theologian Kevin Van Hooser, who's written a lot about the drama of doctrine and about um, how Christ, Christian theology is designed not for academia, but to be put on display in the life, lives of its people and the life of the church. And I think some of the things that he said in his, in, in his interview, uh, I think was really helpful for filmmakers in that um, we should be thinking about stories that aren't necessarily preaching a message, but they're demonstrating a life. That's right. Um, and, and using drama and all those things to help us do that, but we're coming at it yep. from an angle of, of putting theology, you know, God's truth on display. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And, and uh, what, what is that, Francis of Assisi? You know, <laughs> show them. Yeah. And you can do that even at story. Yeah. And if necessary, use words, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, another great example of that would be C.S. Lewis. You yeah. know, look at the Narnia stories. Mm hmm those are the kind of things that, that we want to do is show them in a story and 
you can do that quite often in a way that Christians who are attracted to the story or that come and see the film, they get it, they know, they understand the parallel to the to the Bible and the Bible message. Right. Actually, Francine Rivers in Redeeming Love is a great example of that in the book because it's a period film that's set, you know, in the mid-1800s, but it's honestly, it's a parallel, you know, to Hosea. So there's a way to tell stories that can be acceptable to a wider audience. Christians know what the message is, and I think C.S. Lewis even said this, that it's, it's the dog whistle, you know? Yeah. Christians hear it. They know... Yeah. They know what's being said. Those that are non-believers enjoy the message, but they, it might help them uh, seek a deeper meaning through right. the, the film itself or the book. Um, what about some things you don't want to see more of? Probably the, one of the things I would go back to is to be very guarded about that message. It's, that's what's important to us is when we look at a script when we look at a story that's being told, we, we want to make sure that it's rock solid. Yeah. You know, that, that this is going to be something that's going to connect with the Christian audiences or be seeker-friendly. We're the gatekeepers for that. And so that's one of the things we do at WTA. We have a responsibility that that content and that message is clear and it's coming across. And I think that there's a few cases where that's not quite so buttoned up and it's not told well. Uh, so we'd like to see less of that. The, the other thing, and I just touched on this earlier, is just the quality of the filmmaking. Yeah. You know, we have a history of what, I don't even know a better way to say it, is that, you know, outsiders might think it's it's a cheesy Christian film, but we don't want to be that. Right. You know, we want to improve on the quality of the film, uh, the quality of the filmmaking and everything from wardrobe to acting is to deliver top, top quality content. And so that's, we want to see less of that kind of film that just perpetuates, you know, what people think of as Christian films and improve the quality of what is going to be great content and great films that will reach Christian audiences. Right. I think, uh, at least through through some of my conversations with other filmmakers and screenwriters, that um, there seems to be a genre around Christian film that has certain rules, and I think that that genre has sort of sabotaged what Christian film could become. It's sort of shackling us to the past and to the old ways of doing things and the mm -hmm. not so clever ways of doing things. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons I started this podcast is to help filmmakers to start thinking about the fact that we, we have a different, we have different stories to tell and we need to be thinking outside of the box, even outside of the, the Hollywood box, the way mm -hmm. they structure things because we're telling very different right. stories with very different purposes so we don't need to be mm -hmm. aping uh, Hollywood either yeah I have to agree with you but there lies the challenge right yeah it is <laughs> is we're looking for those great stories or great scripts and in some cases we, we one of the things that we've done is we've identified a great story but 
we're also going to some of the top screenwriters. And where we can afford them, it's, that's where the money is worthwhile. It's very expensive to make a great film. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy for consumers outside to, to think, you know, look at all the money that's being spent or, or brought in or all the, the profits uh, on it. But the way we see that is an investment in quality that's going to bring more people uh, to theaters and touch them and reach them with a message that can change and affect their lives. And any of that profitability gets poured back into uh, new and additional content. Uh, so a great example is finding top screenwriters that have done, you know, even Academy Award-winning films to help us to bring those stories to life in a way uh, that, that's not been done before. Do you find that Christians who are working in Hollywood are more or less accessible to um, getting involved in Christian films? No, I think um, that's actually been a big plus because they would love to see their craft, you know, be expanded into quality films. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times that's where we've built a great crew around a, a film is be getting, getting some of that top talent who are believers, and they're, they're very excited about bringing something uh, to the screen that they can be proud of as well. Huh, that's good. Because for just for my story, I mean, I've been in animation for 30 years and as mm -hmm. a director, and for most of my career, I wanted nothing to do with anything Christian film because I didn't like what was being done. Right. And I just thought, you know, this, right. this is a, a deal breaker for my career. It would ruin my career if I got involved in this. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and so I think there's still some of that hesitation within the, uh, you know, the professional part of the industry. Uh, but I think that's probably changing now because of things we're seeing. And yes. I mean, I, I went into my first film uh, kicking and screaming. I didn't want anything to do with it. And it was my, <laughs> my, pro my producer who wanted to do my first Christian film. Uh, and I didn't want to do it, but um, after I did it, I thought, you know what, this, this is all I ever want to do now. Well, you see, that's been one of the things that I personally have. I know Bill Reeves, who's our president and CEO, uh, we, we've both strived for that over the years. You know, I've worked in, as has Bill Reeves, we've worked in the music industry on yeah. the Christian music side, book publishing. Uh, for Christian publishers of big New York houses. We both did a stint uh, with Big Idea and the VeggieTales animated oh, yeah. series brand that yeah. now is under the DreamWorks and Universal umbrella. But in all of those things, in the music industry uh, and especially in the film industry, we're striving for quality, you know, to... to deliver something at the level and even VeggieTales was that yeah. you know, VeggieTales was on the cutting edge of what was happening at home entertainment yeah. for uh, CGI animated you know, properties right. and that's what got everybody's attention you know, early on it was great quality and a great message and we want to keep doing that uh, at a much, much uh, bigger level I think it's funny to hear you say that you know, about your own story because it takes people willing to, to sacrifice and step up 
Right. We've got some great days ahead. One of the things that's just um, about us, about WTA Group, is that um, we are now, we're in the process of it right now, is becoming a part of EMF, which is the Educational Media Foundation. This is the nonprofit organization that uh, has K-Love and Air One radio networks. And we are in the acquisition process with them to be a part of that family. We'll continue to run separately, but uh, we will help EMF expand into book publishing, film, TV, uh, and in reaching people beyond just radio listenership. So we're very, very excited about that. And uh, uh, Bill Reeves, who's our president, has now taken on uh, the appointment to the role of CEO for EMF. Not, Not just the radio networks, but also WTA. Um, so it's a very exciting time for us and a lot of great things ahead with all their resources and also helping us set up new investment funds. What would change is for EMF of not just being Caleb and Air One Radio Networks, which are phenomenal, a massive mm-hmm. reach of 15 to 20 million listeners, mm-hmm. uh, but now to uh, have a part in new media. And that can be, you know, everything from TV broadcast to episodic to the kind of film projects that we've been doing for a few years, but even expand upon that. Yeah. So very bright days ahead, and we're, we're excited about that. That's fantastic. That's yeah. great news. Thank you so much for, for giving me your, your, your ear and your voice and your passion. Um, this is exciting to, to see what you guys are doing at WTA. Brian Mitchell, thank you for being a guest on this podcast. We look forward to seeing what lies ahead for you and the WTA group. Brett McCracken, one of the senior editors of the Gospel Coalition website, will be my guest in our next episode. Thank you for joining me on the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast. You'll find show notes and more information about us and the WTA group at ministryofmotionpictures.org. What we do in life echoes in eternity.